is up, Nerds Nation? Welcome to the FN Nerds Podcast with the most dynamic duo in all of podcasting. I'm Nick Denizio, and sitting across from me is my dude, Martin Moreno. Sexiest co-host, as some would say. Sexiest co-host. As some would say. This is episode 26 as we break down some of the big movie news that has dropped over the last couple weeks. But before we get started, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. And if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else, please check back each week as we try to upload new content for you guys to listen to. So, uh, Martin... How we so, doing, man? Good. How you doing, bro? Not too bad. I'm not uh, hanging there. Hanging Lost in again there? in fantasy. Yeah, it's I know. I got to win out now. You have to win out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I have any chance, I got to essentially win out now and just uh, control what I can control. I know. Yeah, I have, is... I, have, I have a couple leagues where I'm done, and then I have another few where I'm still alive in, but yeah, it's... I'm somewhat alive in all of them. Uh, a little two more comfortable than ours like which is like the big money league right right but like where it's a 14 man league so the waiver wire is a fucking graveyard there's mm-hmm. nobody there so much injuries and it's just tough but like i got i have a pretty decent point total yeah so i gotta just keep racking it up so i can get some sort of tiebreaker and yeah, know, yeah. going forward but fantasy bro no it's tough fantasy it's but tough. other than that i'm good <laughs> yeah nice nice well i uh you know, before we actually move into this episode, I just kind of wanted to um, almost just kind of shout out the people that have been listening because we had like the last, like, I guess, like two weeks, I would say, like we've had a lot of listeners and a lot of people commenting and giving like really nice feedback and a lot of people sharing, a lot of people sharing, just like a whole lot of love. And, and I think it's like, just looking at like our numbers, uh, it's been like the best two weeks I think we've ever had since we started the podcast. Mm-hmm. So that's really encouraging to see. And it's really like exciting to see that people are listening and people are really liking the show. Yeah, it's our honeymoon phase. Yeah, so yeah, it's, right. So it's going to go to shit <laughs> from here. From here, it's going to be terrible. It's all downhill from here. All right, Martin, I guess uh, let's kick things off and we're going to jump into some movie announcements. Let's do this. Let's do this. So here we go. A live-action Lilo and Stitch film is in the works with Crazy Rich Asians director John M. Chu in negotiations to helm the project. Currently carrying the name Stitch, the film was initially being developed as a possible feature for Disney+, and they are currently seeking a new writer. Michael Bay has set his next movie, an action thriller called Ambulance, with Jake Gyllenhaal in negotiations to star. Bay is fast-tracking the project and is talking to with other actors to join Gyllenhaal with plans to shoot in early January. No distribution deal has yet closed, but sources say Universal Pictures is finalizing a deal to land distribution rights. The premise is being kept under wraps, but insiders say the film is in the vein of the great action thrillers of the 90s like Speed and Bay's own Bad Boys. The script has been highly coveted for years, but never able to lock down a director before Bay got his hands on it and instantly fell in love with the project. Moving on now to Lionsgate, who has acquired a horror spec script titled Video Nasty with Seth Rogen attached to produce. The film is written by Chris Thomas Delvin and centers on three teens who rent a cursed VHS and are pulled into an 80s slasher movie that threatens to trap them forever. Jonathan Levine, who helmed the comedy drama 50-50 that co-starred Rogen, is being lined up to potentially direct. So moving on now to Gerard Butler, who confirmed that the next film in the lucrative Has Fallen franchise is gearing up to go. So Night Has Fallen will see Butler return as Mike Bannon, a former Army Ranger who worked as, a, as an agent for the Secret Service. Robert Camden will script along with Rick Roman Way, who's returning to direct, who directed Angel Has Fallen. And then this was crazy. Both Olympus or all three Olympus has fallen, London has fallen, and Angel has fallen have taken more than five hundred twenty million at the global box office. Bro, they make money. I didn't think it was that successful. Yeah, they to have be honest. Not, why do you think they keep making them? I know. I, I guess I get why well, they they're cheap audience. to make, but yeah, yeah, they definitely has their audience. 
And lastly, Paramount Pictures is keeping its A Quiet Place franchise rolling as the studio has set Jeff Nichols to write and direct a third film. Based upon an original idea by John Krasinski, the studio has set a 2022 release date. Krasinski co-wrote and directed the original and its sequel, which was pushed from its original March 20th release date all the way to April 23rd, 2021 due to the coronavirus. <laughs> coronavirus! A Quiet Place released in 2018 became a global blockbuster grossing around $340 million against a $17 million budget and set the mark for the biggest opening weekend ever for an original horror film when it bowed at over $50 million. So out of all these movie announcements that we got, uh, the ones that kind of stand out to me, um, the Michael Bay movie I think is pretty cool. Hopefully, you know, with Jake Gyllenhaal on board, we don't have another Six Underground situation. And it is more, like I like how it says it's more in the vein of action thrillers of the 90s. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we get a, ni- a vintage 90s, you know, Michael Bay movie. Right. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. And then I do like the uh, the premise for this video nasty uh, Seth Rogen horror movie. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of them renting a VHS and then they're pulled into an 80s slasher movie. Right. So that's a pretty cool uh, premise. Um, but the big one for me is A Quiet Place, which uh, I think we're going to probably both talk about. So what do you have to say about these uh, these announcements? Well, uh, you know, just kind of quickly run down it. Uh, John M. Chu, essentially, he directed Crazy Rich Asians. Mm-hmm. So in a way, he's kind of like a popular director right now because right. a lot of people, like that film was like universally beloved. So I think it was a kind of like a smart choice on Disney's end to get this director. Um, I do love Lilo and Stitch. However, I'm not too crazy about a remake. However, I also think that a lot of these uh, classic animated films are kind of heading that way. Yeah. So I, it's only a matter of time before all of the movies that we love eventually are going to be remade. Uh, Michael Bay, like you said, I do like this whole notion of going back to this um, old school 90s gritty action film. Uh, something that we mentioned in our The Rock discussion, shameless plug, go check it out, was kind of how I wanted someone to give him like $5 million. Yeah. Be like, here's $5 million bucks, go crazy, let me see what you can do on a small budget. Kind of focus him to focus him to do a little bit more kind of like a... Because the, the Rock, even though it's like a, like a kind of crazy action movie, it does in a way have like a, a pretty somewhat... Can, like good story. It with, does. Like, it has. It's a good storyline. It's with a co- good characters. It's a good characters. It's a cohesive movie. Like it's not like all messy with editing. And exactly. All that kind and, of shit. Uh, like you said, very character driven. Mm-hmm. So kind of, I'm I'm hoping that he kind of focuses back on that. Like yes. give him some money. Like give him creative freedom, and then hopefully, like you, you know, his creative mojo juices can flow mm-hmm. and give us something in the vein of like earlier his career because right. like we said in the past decade he just, he hasn't been doing good no movies. and and the only thing too that i like is that at least it's under like universal mm-hmm. like i'm 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 really not on board with anything that's being done at netflix when it comes to action movies so i like that it's under it's under a, a more studio that's that maybe will um not give him so much freedom right and like we were saying before also jake jen hall for most part for the most part picks good projects yes so i'm excited to uh this this kind of pairing of jake jen hall involved has me a little bit more intrigued and hopefully it'll be a lot better than 600 Grand because like we said, that was probably like the worst movie I've seen in a really long time. In a time. long time, It yeah. was bad. Uh, Seth Rogen, like you said, I, I believe Evan Goldberg's also producing, right? Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't read that, but if he is, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I would assume he is because they, they do right. everything Those together. two are fucking busy. I They're know, man. producing a whole bunch of shit. This movie sounds like a lot of fun and um, kind of reminds me a little bit because he has a familiarity with David Gordon Green. Right. And if you remember, David Gordon Green directed Stronger. Mm-hmm. And then he, so it's it's almost like he's getting these kind of like drama, like heavy drama directors to kind of change pace and yes. go into horror. Because then David Gordon Green went into Halloween. Right, after right. After Stronger. And now we have this 50-50 director going into this kind of like horror comedy. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I'm excited to see how their, you know, sort of directing language um, translates over the different genres. Angel has fallen, like you said, the Gerard Butler movie. I saw the first one, thought it was okay. 
did not really care for the sequels. Yeah. Don't plan on ever seeing the sequels. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, but, but they make money. But they make money. They have their audience. So, um, yeah, Gerard Butler just keeps working. Yeah, the dude. Is, if you look at his IMDb, the guy works. So, I mean, good for you, bro. Go ahead and do your thing. Do you and do? Yeah. Uh, well, as I say, you know what's was crazy too is apparently over like the whole coronavirus thing, Angel has fallen. Uh, I think they put it on Netflix, and it was like the number one like movie for like the longest time, like on Netflix. Really? Yeah, like t- so many people were watching it. So I guess that's also why this this fourth movie is now in the works. I mean, go for it. If if it works and you're making money and people are like in the audience is there, right? That's why they got so many fucking Resident Evil movies. Exactly. <laughs> you no, know, yeah. there was a particular audience that went to see his movies and yep. they made money. Uh, yeah, and as far as Quiet Place Three, this is interesting because I really do like Jeff Nichols. I do. I love Midnight Special. Yeah. it's one of my favorite movies of the decade. Um, Take Shelter is a little bit of a stranger film. Um, it's still really good though, man. It, it it's okay. I See, don't. I, I really I really like Take Shelter, yeah, especially I, the ending. Well, it's very ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, actually, not necessarily because we see the reflection of the tornadoes. Yes. Yes. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> I guess the, the, I guess the storm does happen. But I guess, like, in, in regards to, like, almost like a character study mm-hmm. and what's going on inside um, what's going on inside Michael Shannon's mind and his sort of train of thought, in that kind of regards, it is um, it is a good kind of character study of a film. But, um, but look, I guess they already have something in mind. Moving forward, it's a little it's a little weird that already now seeing this third movie when the second one even hasn't come out. Yeah, um, I know there is excitement for the second one. I'm excited. I'm sure a lot of people are as well because the first one was really received very well. So if they are, if they do have sort of um, plans to continue the story and kind of possibly world build, right? Then go for it. Jeff Nichols has proven on both Midnight Special and Take Shelter that he can do. Um, good movies on a small budget, right? And I don't think Quiet Place had a big budget to be seventeen with. million. Okay, that's actually a little bigger than I thought. <gasps> that's what she said. <laughs> I was thinking like in the single million dollar range. Oh yeah, no, I mean, but but still though, I think you know, especially when you have Krasinski and Emily Blunt involved, seventeen million is re- relatively cheap. True. And true. I and I would assume for for the sequel, maybe the budget's a little bit higher, but I can't even maybe I feel maybe, like maybe it it's has in the, to be maybe it's in the twenty range, but I can't imagine them going so far over the top. Well, if that's the case, then um, then it's probably a bigger budget than I thought for Jeff Nichols. So, yeah, so then in that case, let's see what we can do with a slightly bigger budget. Right, right. That would be a little interesting. And, and yeah, um, that's kind of my take on these movie announcements. Yeah, well, the thing that I would say with the with the um, A Quiet Place 3 is uh, I do think that it's not going to be a direct sequel to 2. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think Emily Blunt's going to be involved. I think we're just going to get a completely new story just set in this universe, which is what I kind of hope. I kind of hope that Jeff Nichols has, like, the creative freedom just to create a brand new story, but set in this, like, apocalyptic, like, time. And uh, and the same thing what you said with with him getting like a little bit of a bigger budget, I feel like that this is still in his wheelhouse because a quiet place the first one is very character driven, mm-hmm. you know the the monsters and everything is kind of secondary. It's just how there's like like this outside world is affecting these people, so that's still kind of in his wheelhouse of kind of characters first story, you know like uh you know story not not story second but like you know the characters are the most important thing to him as opposed to everything else right right which is which is what i'm all for and and also too like like yeah like i i i think a quiet place too it, like it's like if from everything that i've been hearing it sounds like it's fantastic so hopefully we do get to see it when it comes out in april and yeah and once he gets his hands on it jeff nichols um i'm, I'm all for this man i really i really like this choice to, to give him the reins to this franchise and to see what he can do with it cool cool damn All right, let's jump over to some casting news. So we're going to run this down real quick. So Sylvester Stallone has joined the cast of Suicide Squad 2, 
which is pretty uh that, that was a nice surprise to get uh chris pratt has confirmed to appear in thor 4 and other guardians are possibly joining him and then we got riley Coe, ethan hawk peter skarsgård paul dano and bill burr have joined jake gyllenhaal and antoine fuq was the guilty and lastly we have zazie beats who joins brad pitt and others in david leach's bullet train mm-hmm. so martin out of these uh out of these ones which ones stand out to you um sylvester stallone joining the cast of suicide squad 2 um excuse me beer this is kind of classic james gunn pretty much working with people he's familiar with yep he's been doing this for a long time and he's continuing here because as many people know sylvester stallone was in guardians of the galaxy volume 2 right and this feels like something sylvester stallone belongs in yeah um this in a way is like the comic book version of the expendables kind of yeah so this is something that Sylvester Stallone fits right in, and uh, and I'm excited to see what character he's gonna play. Well, I was gonna say, do you have any ideas as to who he might be playing? No fucking idea. I was, because say, like, I, feel I, like, I was thinking about. It, I have no idea. Because Stallone, in a way, is kind of like somewhat versatile, and he, I feel like he can fit into a lot of these sort sort of Suicide Squad secondary kind of like throwaway characters. Right. I definitely think he can fit into that. So. I'm sure James Gunn has a clear idea of who he wants for him, and everything that we've seen so far from Suicide Squad Two looks, is amazing. Great. So, uh, well, so yeah, I trust James Gunn with this. Well, let's say for this, I also wonder if if Stallone is going to be like a character that's that's kind of a deep cut. That's that like only like like almost like in Guardians Probably, Two, right? Like because like half of them are like deep cuts. Half of them are deep cuts, but you know Stallone had that small part in Guardians Two, mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of people didn't know the character he was playing unless you were very familiar with the Guardians comic books. Right. You All know, the so, other like secondary Guardians yes. groups, so to speak. Right, where, exactly. Uh, raw, like deep cuts. So I wonder if this is going to be a similar situation. With, I with imagine here. so, bro. Yeah. Because like we said, all these characters, for the most part, that have been announced are like deep cut characters. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and as far as Chris Pratt going into Thor four, that's exciting. Um, because you know Thor is on his fourth movie. Yeah. You know, like we got to make it somewhat exciting. We got to bring something new. We got to bring something fresh. And if that's bringing in the Guardians to possibly create some fun scenes, create some magic, some good banter and dynamic between him and Thor, then that's a good call, I think, on there. And because we've already seen the kind of magic they can create on screen together, right? In the Avengers films, so this is a—I think this is a good move on on their part. I don't think it's going to overshadow Thor. Um, also, the Guardians, like we said before, are very uptight as wheelhouse yes. in regards to like the humor and type of characters they are, and uh, and we haven't got confirmation if like the other guardians are joining him but if you remember way back when vin diesel did say that's did say something on an interview that the guardians are going to be in thor 4 right. and vin diesel loves just dropping secrets yeah whenever he, he can he does yeah <laughs> and uh, and he was spotted in australia right which, which made people go yeah. made people go crazy so yep. uh i don't know why the fuck you need vin diesel on set <laughs> probably don't. he literally just says three words <laughs> in a different tone yeah but hey, he's Vin Diesel. Right, he right, he right. just wants to he just like chill said, on set. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's um, we kind of anticipated this, and I think it's a good move. Yeah, and and Thor four is really shit. I mean, we I mean, obviously every most MCU movies going forward now are going to be these big event films, but Thor four really has has our interest peak because of just the cast mm-hmm. and like we I'm like like Christian Bale for me is the X factor of that movie. I still want to know who the fuck he's playing. Well, it still hasn't been confirmed. I know but it's most likely going to happen. Well, this was literally pre Corona, right? Or right around the time of Corona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, obviously, the news came out, and then, obviously, everyone's trying to get their shit together. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sure we'll get more confirmation soon. But uh, but I'm hoping that he's, he's still around. I'm yes. hoping that he's still going to be on board. Because, yeah, um, Christian Bale in the hands of Taika... That's just like, like I can't imagine what that's neither. gonna be. Dude. I want to see. I need to see yeah. what what is gonna happen. And it sounds it's so intriguing. Like mm-hmm. I want to see what Tiger's gonna do with Christian Bale. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Yeah, and then in regards to Antoine Fuqua's The Guilty, I really like this cast that that they're shaping up. And this obviously, cast is incredible, bro. I mean, like like first of all, um, 
love Riley Coe and and Ethan Hawke is like is like my dude. I absolutely love Ethan Hawke. Anything he's in, I'm always down for. And I don't know if you've seen Ethan Hawke do any interviews, but the dude is like, he's oh yeah, such, bro, he's you such, know me. I'm an I know, I know, bro. But like, I've seen so many Ethan Hawke. Well, movies. have you watched? Uh, I think it's called Moving. Is it Moving Pictures or, or Cam? I don't know. It's this dude who's a photographer. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know what? We're gonna do a, a quick one moment, sir, because I want to get this right. Okay. A few moments later. So it's uh, these off-camera interviews with Sam Jones. Okay. Have you ever watched those before? Uh, I believe I watched a few. Yeah, they're always in black and white. I just googled it just to look it up, and uh, and yeah, I yeah. Definitely... So Ethan Hawke does one, and and I just I just love the guy's insight into just just movie making and acting, and he's just such an awesome dude to listen to. Yeah, and also um, he's just very chill, very laid back, yes. kind of like doesn't give a fuck. And he loves Nicolas Cage. He loves Nick. He does he love Nicolas, Nicolas Cage. Cage. What could be easier? It's all alphabetical. You just put it in the right file according to alphabetical order. You know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z, huh? That's all you have to do. Very good. You know your alphabet. I remember when he was doing his career retrospective for either GQ or, or Vanity Fair, whatever one it was, how, um, what was it, Gattaca? The movie that he did with Thurman? Yes, Gattaca. How he came across that, and he was like, "Well, I found love on this movie. You know, I met Uma, and we had our daughter, and it was great." And then the person interviewing him was like, uh, "Maya looks just like you and Uma. It's like a perfect combination of the two. He goes like, "Yeah, well, she's our fucking daughter." Yeah. Maya looks exactly like the both of you. Mm. Well, you know, people can say that, but you know, all children look a lot like their parents. They act like because their parents are movie actors, she's somehow different than any other human being in the planet. Most people look a lot like their mom and dad. And the guy was just like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> duh. <laughs> way to go, bro. Right, way to go." <laughs> but uh, but yeah, bro, this fucking cast, insane. You know, going down at Peter Skarsgård, Paul Dano, uh, <laughs> Bill Burr's the X Factor here. I don't I'm, know, I don't know who he's gonna play, but I'm probably picturing just some like small secondary character. Probably yeah. Yeah, this has um, this has a lot of prisoner vibes in terms of like yeah. the kidnapping mm-hmm. and a nice and then on top of that we got a little prisoners reunion with Paul Dano Paul Dan and uh, Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal um, you know me I love Riley Cuff I've been a huge fan of hers since Mad Max and, and, I, and, and we still know how to say her name is it Cuff is it Co we don't know who knows we'll who knows they put your names here all the fucking time <laughs> am I pronouncing that correctly uh yeah but uh but yeah it's just a shame because i think like she has so much more to offer but i don't think she's really kind of taken off mm-hmm, i agree but at the same time i don't know if maybe that's uh has to do with her selections because she doesn't choose big projects no she doesn't she chooses a lot of smaller budget projects so maybe maybe she wants to kind of fly under the radar who knows but for the most part the projects that i don't want to say she picks good projects because it comes tonight was very controversial the lodge the lodge i thought sucked but I thought she was really good in it, and I wasn't a big fan of Logan Lucky either. Right. Well, she was she was good in uh, Devil All the Time. But the movie itself wasn't really. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's so that's what I'm true. saying. Yeah, yeah. Even though I liked it more than you did, I do understand why people have issues with it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. I don't necessarily think she picks great projects, but I think she's great in the projects that she picks. Right. Even though they're kind of like smaller budget. So and and, and the uh, just reading like the like the cast line, it sounds like that that how they have it like lined up is in terms of like how big parts are going to be in this film so the fact that she's listed first tells me that she might be like a co-lead which would be exciting mm-hmm. and yeah and we already we spoke about this already before the premise for the people who don't know or who didn't listen to the other episode was essentially some like 911 caller which is going to be played by jake john hall gets a call about a possible kidnapping and the story kind of goes from there right it's gonna be some kind of like thriller shit 
but yeah, this is uh, this is kind of like a A plus uh, indie cast in yeah, a way. These it is. are all like move, these are all actors who excel in these smaller budget, story driven, character focused films, which are my personal kind of like some of my favorites. So so yeah, this is a great cast, and we said before, Antoine Fuqua is a bit of a hit or miss, mm-hmm. but with this cast on board. I kind of have a lot of uh, expectations for this now. Yeah, I would agree too. And then lastly, we have uh, David Leach's Bullet Train, which the the premise of this is, I, I really like this premise. It's like basically assassins stuck on a train and they just, I, I'm guessing, <coughs> sorry. And I'm guessing they just kind of just have it out. What Wasn't there a movie recently that just had something like that? Oh, Hotel Artemis. Yes, Hotel Artemis. Which I, which I did not like. Yeah. It was not good. Although, Sofia Batella movie, so fucking sexy always as nice or niece like it's pronounced it's no it's spelled nice but it's pronounced niece Niece. nice it's pronounced niece i was talking about your ass so sexy but you know we got a nice a nice deadpool 2 reunion with david leach who directed and then brad pitt and zazie beats teaming back up again which people sometimes forget that brad pitt was in deadpool 2 bro you couldn't see him though yeah you couldn't see him vanisher Maybe the wind can't blow what it can't see. Really? Uh, but yeah, David Leach obviously is an action director. We know the sort of physicality that Sassy Beast can bring to her roles because of Domino from Deadpool, like you said. And Brad Pitt put him in anything. The dude's going to fucking be a stud. So uh, yeah, this is this is interesting. Uh, I like this, 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 um, this kind of reunion between uh, Sassy Beast, Brad Pitt, and David Leach. And Looking forward to seeing. Looking forward to seeing some context. I want to see what like I want to see costumes and like stills and stuff like that. Yeah, I definitely want to get a vibe of what this movie's going right, for. Like, right. I, I hope it's kind of like a fun hard R type of movie. Right, because when you think of, for example, just throwing it out there, when you think of Free Fire, yes. that's like set in like modern. It's kind of set in modern day, but they have like weird clothes. Right, it's so, almost close from like the seventies. Right, yeah. so kind of like um, that's almost something that I got here of these people like kind of like hot hands stuck in a place. Um, even though Free Fire was not good, I'm just talking about all the movies that I don't like today. I know, right? <laughs> but uh, but um, but yeah, I kind of want to see. I want to kind of I want to see some sort of context for this film. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree, and I I kind of can't wait for first trailer because like like for the most part, I think David Leach is a good director. But with uh, Hobbs and Shaw, I, like I was a little, I was a little disappointed with Hobbs and Shaw, because even though like it's still fun and in the vein of like those Fast and Furious movies, I do kind of wish it wasn't as crazy and over the top as we got. I, I wanted it to be a little bit more grounded, kind of more in the vein of like a lethal weapon type of deal. Obviously, it's not what you get with the Fast and Furious franchise, and maybe it was stupid of me to expect something like that. But I was should have been. I, that's what I mean. That's I thought it should have been. been. It should have been. But unfortunately, we know that the people involved in that movie are the ones who call the shots. I know, and even And even if it's someone like David Leach who does have some sort of repertoire by now, yeah. it, the smart choice, the obvious choice, would have been to let him do his thing. Yes. You know, and then you have your you have your star power. Yeah. But let the director do his thing. Right. Well, Clearly, uh, I know. They didn't go that way. They didn't go that way. That's what we got. Well, how do you feel about David Leach as a director? I love David Leach as a director. Okay. I, I'm a big fan of Atomic Blonde. I love the John Wick stuff. Um, Deadpool 2, I'm... I like Deadpool 2. Yeah. I do. But... What I'm, what I don't really, that's another situation when Ryan Reynolds was essentially calling the shots. Right. Because, because obviously with um, the, the first director. Uh, Tim Miller. Tim Miller, yes. Thank right. You. And Deadpool 2, you got a lot of recycled jokes from the first one. Yeah. So a lot of that shit pissed me off. I'm like, why aren't you bringing anything new to this? Yeah, exactly. Why are you just giving me the same shit? Um, so that's on, when he has like kind of, um, when you think of Atomic Blonde and John Wick, obviously, when he kind of, 
I know it's almost like a 50-50 split because uh, he does have somewhat of a small resume. Right. It's kind of it's kind of when he graduates, like the bigger budget stuff is when he you kind of lose his his voice a little bit. Right. Which makes sense. Yeah. Because the you don't want to lose money. Exactly. Like we're putting money into this, so we have to make sure it sells. So let's give people you know what sells already, yes, and yes. that's kind of the unfortunate situation in Hollywood sometimes. But I think when he does kind of have creative control of his films and he really sh- like um, executes his visions, mm-hmm. um, that's I think when it really works. Yeah, and he's yeah. a great action director. You know me; I love stunts. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, I I'm I like David Leach. I yeah, really I, do, yeah. and I'm excited to um. This to me feels like it's going to be more of that grounded sort of low budget vibe. Right. The fact that they're keeping it in one location and and like and and the fact that it's on a Which train. Always like great. like I do I do love that it's on a train. Because for whatever reason, movies that are just completely stuck on a train usually are are good. I don't know why. I don't know why it always works out like that. Like like most recently trained to Busan, awesome fucking movie. Bro, nonstop. Not nonstop. <laughs> nonstop is not terrible. Wait, no, it's not nonstop. Nonstop's on the plane. The, oh, uh, the, the commuter is the, commuter. Is the one's on the train. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, cor- correct. I think it's um it's just that notion of like uh what I talk about a lot of times in like horror films or thrillers is like when you have an enclosed sort of situation that creates genuine. Uh, I guess situations or genuine emotions right. where there's paranoia, fear, anxiety, and then you add being trapped in this on a f- when it's moving really fast. Yes. I think it adds like an extra level to it. it so does. you're already tense because you're fucking trapped, right. but at the same time you're moving a million miles per hour. Right. There's there's, there's no way you can get off. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So you're yeah. you're you're fucked. Yes. You're fucked. And if done right, that kind of um properly translates over to like the audience. Right. You know. So yeah, yeah. It is a fun premise. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And rooting for him big time. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, now we're going to move over to one of our favorite categories, the miscellaneous news. Bunch of different shit. Bunch of different shit. So we got a confirmation on the release date for WandaVision, and it's coming January 15th at Disney+. And then we also got a bunch of brand new images. And I think they did a nice uh, a nice piece in Entertainment Weekly where they gave a lot of details as to what That what's... actually just came in. Oh, it just came in? I, yeah. We got it? Yeah, I nice. think it might be probably behind you. Oh, I'm going to have to read that. <laughs> Uh, and then moving on, we got uh, Mads Mikkelsen, who is in talks to replace Johnny Depp as Grindelwald in Fantastic Beasts 3, as Johnny Depp was let go of the project. And then finally, David Fincher landed a four-year deal with Netflix, which is uh, them just con- kind of continuing their relationship with Mindhunter and Manx. So, Is it Mindhunter? Yeah, I thought Mind- it was just like a just a deal, and it was going to feature different shit. Oh no, 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 not 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 that not that the deal includes Mindhunter. Just the fact that he has a, a, oh, a nice relationship with with right. Netflix, and the right. fact that they kind of lock him down now for four years is, is well, it's you a, know why, right? That's a pretty big get because they probably saw Mink and they were like, "Holy shit!" Yes, yes. We need to because Mink is going to give them a lot of lock them up, like, put them down, put the money, like you know, <laughs> sign the sign whatever the metaphor is. Uh, what's the metaphor? What the put the dry ink sign? What is it? Oh. uh... I don't know if I know that metaphor. I kind of know what you mean, but I don't know if I know the proper it's like, metaphor. Yeah, it's like, yeah, the, the ink's not oh, dry. Oh, the, the, the ink's not even dry on the contract. I don't know. Something, something along those oh, lines. Fuck. <laughs> fuck. We'll look it up. We'll, we'll look it up. Metaphor. the metaphors. But yeah, uh, so let's start with uh, with WandaVision. It's nice that we finally got a release date. And uh, honestly, this is one of the more exciting projects, I think, coming from Marvel, at least, at least for me personally. Like, I think I'm more excited for this than some of the movies that they have coming out. Bro, for sure. Yeah. It's different. It's mm-hmm. something new. Uh, the trailer was incredible. Yep. The stills um, were a lot of fun. And yeah, I know a lot of people, um, including the guy across from me, were bitching about the one month uh, release. Yeah, All right, hey, 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 like, calm down, calm down, calm down. And, and I'm not gonna lie, I did that too. Yeah. I did that too. However, 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 I do think that in a way, <laughs> 2020 is kind of hardwired our brains to instantly flip shit whenever we hear delays. Yes, yes. You know, that's just kind of mm-hmm. how I feel it is. So the second I got like delayed a month to January, I was like, oh, it's fucking bullshit. And then I literally got over myself. Get over 
yourself. I did. And I realized like, okay, first of all, it's just a month. And second of all, we have a release date. Right. Which is what we have not had all fucking year. At all. It was, it was yeah. the, the, the December thing was rumored. It was never confirmed. Right. So yes. now that we actually have a release date is super exciting because now we know when to look, when to look um, forward to it. Uh, if, is that how you, I don't know what I just said. But now we know when to look forward to it. Yeah, now we know when to look forward to it. That's that's right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, English is not my first language. I can't seem to hear you. I must have bad reception. Are you speaking English? No. And uh, the stills were, were cool. Yes. I like uh, doubling down on this kind of like weird Isle of Lucy, old school Pleasantville vibes. Like I already mentioned, the trailer was great. So I'm really looking forward to this. And... Uh, we recently we only got um, some new Mando episodes already. Yeah. So Disney Plus seems like they're they're spending money in terms of their series. They definitely are. They definitely are. And uh, Paul Bettany, I think, asked you know what you know was doing an interview and he was talking about Wandavision. And it seems like that the very first episode of Wandavision is going to be in the traditional sitcom kind of sense, going like you said, harkening back to like I Love Lucy. Mm-hmm. And they actually shot the first episode in front of a live studio audience. That's incredible. So that's just gonna give it like that much of that a feel. That is incredible because yeah, yeah, that yeah. has that special energy to it you exactly know? exactly uh but yeah on top of matt's mickelson i do not have too much to say about it i know you do so i'll bounce it back off to you but uh but in terms of david fincher like we're saying bro we're already pretty much calling it he's going to get his oscar yep. we pretty much feel it like yeah, i have like a feeling a, in my bone you know, without even seeing the movie it's just like bro, it that just trailer feels... this movie is like pretty much this movie was made to suck the academy's dick <laughs> And I don't want to get too graphic, but I used to suck his dick for drugs. He got me my junk. Like, let's be real here. Like, the, they're going to, like, go crazy. They for are, it. because the Academy loves Citizen Kane. Loves biopics. Yep. Old school, like, everything about it was just made for the... The Academy's going to come, like, so hard over this film. <laughs> and I think Netflix is aware that I'm sure it's like, um, it's like a sports team, you know, when, like, when you have, like, your shiny star kind of, like... Playing well, like, or you know what? Before he demands for more money, just lock him down. Yes. Just like lock him down now. So I'm sure they saw Mank. They were like, holy shit. Like you said, they already have a familiarity um, with each other from Mindhunter. So, four year deal, I don't know what you could accomplish in four years. Yeah. Like, let's be real here. Maybe a movie or two. Right. Maybe some projects. Who knows? It's it's, it's weird that they they actually have a time frame that says four year deal as opposed to like a four picture deal. Yeah, that would make a lot more sense because you can literally take those four years and just make one movie. That's what I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if Netflix like just quickly jumped the gun and now they're like, fuck, <laughs> we actually need more time. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but who knows? We'll see We'll see what this deal... Um, yeah, it could, uh, because it could involve like maybe just producing and... Unless, did they say it and we just miss it? Uh, that's possible. Okay, should we do a few moments later? Maybe we should do another few moments okay, later. Okay, do a, right, few, moments do a few, later. few moments later. We'll be back, yeah. we'll be back. A few moments later... All right, yeah, so looking it up, it doesn't really go into what this four-year deal includes, like where are the details of it, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, in reading about it, um, you know, we realized how much of a relationship Fincher has with Netflix. Obviously, House of Cards was, you know, successful in large part to him, directing some of the episodes and being executive producer, and then, like we said, Mindhunter, and then he was also executive producer on Love, Death, and Robots, which is something that you really uh, loved. Yeah, which we just talked about, Tim Miller. Yeah. Uh, he, that, was, he was, that was his baby. He right. created that. Uh and yeah, if you have not seen episode four that witness on Love, Death, and Robots, mm-hmm. go check it out. That was the one that you made me watch, yeah, and it, it was is, fantastic. It is the animation there is fucking incredible, very Spider Verse ish. But I definitely go check that out. So yeah, I guess we don't really know exactly what the four year deal includes, but we can imagine that, um, like we just said, that they pretty much were like 
dude, we, we've worked with this guy for so long. He's giving us an incredible movie, which mm -hmm. we assume is going to be an incredible movie. Right. Lock him down. Just, lock, fucking, lo just lock, him down. lock him down. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. And then going back to the whole Fantastic Beast 3 thing, uh, you know, not that I want to get like too crazy in depth because there's kind of like a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of baggage with this. So, so first of all, Fantastic Beast 3 has such an insane hill to climb because coming off of The Crimes of Grindelwald wasn't that well received and a lot of Harry Potter fans have jumped off the Fantastic Beast bandwagon. Couple on top with that, the fact that J.K. Rowling does not know when to keep her mouth shut. Yeah, she and just keeps, keeps and keeps digging she, like, herself doubles a bigger hole. Down, she doubles down on which shit. Which is weird. You I know, just don't get that, it. That whole thing with the trans community and her comments on that, like, has has put so many people off. So you have, you know, the baggage of that, and then obviously Johnny Depp is in this insane court battle with his ex Amber Heard. Which not that I not that like I care to go into the details of it and who's right and who's wrong. What what I've read about it basically seems like they're the equivalent of oil and water. They just do not mix. Right. They just do not mix, and they seem like they're both equally share the blame and what's gone on in their you know personal life. But obviously Johnny Depp, like I guess Warner Brothers asked him to step down. What's really interesting about this is Johnny Depp shot for one day on Fantastic Beasts three, and then they asked him to you know. Leave. Damn, really? So he shot for a day, and because he shot for that day, he now gets paid his full salary. They well, I guess that's good in a way. It is good in a way. It's almost like a severance package. It is ba it's basically a severance no, package. No, pretty much, yeah. yeah, so, yeah uh, so I guess that's not that's not too bad. Right. Um, I do love Mads Mikkelsen, though. I think I think you do too, right? Oh, like, bro. Yeah, I, that's who what I mean. doesn't like, love Mads Mikkelsen? Well, I, I, that's, that's what I mean. Like, you know, who doesn't? But uh, I think he's a good choice to replace him. Not that I have ever cared for this franchise, but I like, I like him in any roles that he gets. I'm always all for. Fantastic actor. But the, uh, the Johnny Depp thing is really interesting. And I think a few years ago, if this had happened, I think it might have made a bigger splash because Johnny Depp is not nearly as big a star as he used to be. I think a lot of people are just kind of like shrugging. It's like, a, eh, it's, it's That's whatever. a great point. You know? Like, like, I, like, he's I, a name at this point. Like, I think if this happened, like, when Pirates was still really popular and he got replaced, I think then it would have been, like, more of a holy fuck. Even, like, five years ago. Yeah. Yeah, like, even then, because, like, obviously he's been around for a while. He kind of blew up, like you said, around Pirates, but that was, like, what, 2003? Yeah. So, like, I mean... And then he rode that nice Tim Burton wave for a while until right. that kind of dried up. But he, but he was still successful from right. a box office standpoint. Really, yeah, like, absolutely. the first Alice in Wonderland movie Huge. made a shit ton of money. Um, and he was still he was still making films and still getting work. Um, right. But yeah, I think like you said, uh, from what I read, also they're both kind of equally responsible in a way. Yeah. But I think the fact that the court ruled against him that's is I think what, that's, is what that's pretty what much motion, right because yeah. then everyone just kind of fucking went off like, well, if they're ruling against him, then he's the one at fall and right. kind of paints a bad picture. Yeah. Um, Amber Heard pretty much said that she is still going to return for, for Mira for, for Aquaman too. So who knows? Dude, we'll the, see. the Legion of Johnny Depp fans are going nuts right now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we'll we'll see, bro. Because you know, just as much Johnny Depp that that Legion is just as equal to like Amber Heard. Oh, absolutely. Legion. She has her own Legion yeah, as well. Yeah, and not just that, but you have like all like the feminists and I all know, the people, yeah, all like the yeah. pro social workers, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Domestic so, domestic abuse and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, so it is kind of a messy situation. We'll see how things play out, but uh. But yeah, I'm with you on the uh, Fantastic Beast, Fantastic Beast films. The first one, I didn't. I thought it was okay. Yeah. I did not like the second one. Yeah, no. I thought it was just, uh, just everything it was just about it. It was just convoluted. And it was convoluted. Like, it was flat. CG yeah. was terrible. Um, Jew Law, what they such a they wasted him so much as young as. Um, he's, he's isn't he, he's. I mean, I haven't seen the second one, but he's barely in it, right? He's in it. Uh, I don't want to say he's barely in it, but he has a, like a significant presence. Yeah. Yeah, but just like uh, when you think of Jude Law as a young Albus Dumbledore, you're like, that's actually pretty. Like, oh, I, 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 I'll, yeah. I'll say that. Like, that's great casting. Yeah. 
But just everything about it, uh, we've said before, we're not the craziest Eddie Redmayne fans. No, I'm definitely not. So, yeah, it, it, it's unfortunate. So, yeah, I'm kind of off the bandwagon. I'm kind of off the uh, Fantastic Beast bandwagon films. But uh, I also don't think this movie's gonna be successful, like at all. Like when it, like when it finally the first comes one out, made a lot of money. right? The first one was was decent, not Harry Potter numbers, but it did pretty good for a spinoff. And then and then Grindelwald was was a disappointment, and just everything that's gone on with, you know, the in like the public eye with with this movie, I feel like there's, I feel like it's and they're expensive and they're expensive. So mostly I mostly because it's mostly CG, right? It's a they're lot very of very CG, a lot heavy. of CG. So I, I I honestly I can't see this being successful at all. I really can't. Who knows? I mean, Mads as Grindelwald is um is intriguing though. It I'll is. give him that. It is. I, I will give it that. Mm-hmm. All right. So Martin, let's uh, let's now jump into one of our main topics, and obviously we're going to center this around just Zack Snyder's Justice League mm-hmm. as a whole, because a lot of different things have dropped. We got an updated teaser trailer. Uh, we got comments on Joker's new look. We got some uh, information about the additional photography and a slew of other things. So where would you like to start, man? Where do you want to start with Zack Snyder's Justice League? I want to start off with saying that we got very excited when we heard that Joker was coming back. Yes. We started spe- started spilling out all these possibilities of what could happen, what could they do. But we got the confirmation that apparently the new footage is only going to be four to five minutes. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. So we did make the mention of like, hey, for all we know, it could just be a glorified cameo where he's just like in the cell when <laughs> Deathrogue is breaking Lex out. And I think that's what's going to be. That's probably going to We're probably going to get like literally 30 seconds of Joker. Yeah. It's going to be a glorified cameo. Mm-hmm. And uh, where kind of like when I'm thinking of like Zack saying like he's going to be like weary and, and older. Um like that's cool. I do like that because I do like the sort of a, uh, I do like the sort of notion of like a like of like an, an exhausted Joker. Right. Uh, this is kind of in terms of like continuity. This is taking place after, is it taking place after Birds of Prey or no? Uh, Justice League. Yeah. That's a good question. I don't know because in terms of like time periods, um, of like release dates, so to speak, yeah. it came out way after Justice League. But I don't really know exactly where it falls in right. the timeline. And I was gonna say, in terms of Birds of Prey, the only illusion that they give to previous movies is just Suicide Squad. They don't really tell you like where in time. And Suicide Squad was supposed was bef- was after BVS, but before, but before Justice League. Before Justice League, yes. right? So okay, so maybe it happened before Justice League. And yeah. If that's the case. Then how is Joker dealing post breakup? Right. Like how right, is he true. handling? Yeah, yeah. How is he handling uh, seeing Harley do be like a badass on her own? Something that we got a little bit in like the animated series. Yes. Yes. Maybe how we can um, maybe we can get something like that here. Uh, but yeah, the way he goes into the the look and and the type of Joker he's he's gonna be, uh, like it's cool to hear. But at the same time, once we got the amount of new footage. I, I can't really get too crazy about too it. Too excited, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know what? I'll, I'll be honest. I'm glad that he got ahead of it. I would, I'm, I'm, I'm in total agreement with I'm you. I'm glad he got ahead of him. I'm glad that he said, oh, it's only going to be four to five minutes uh, of like new additional footage because then people can um, now, at least for me personally, I can properly mentally prepare myself of what I'm expecting in regards yeah, it, to these it, new characters. It tempers expectations. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so like I don't want to go in there expecting this big uh, confrontation between Batman and Joker, a nice discussion about like when Robin died or some right. crazy yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just prepare yourself mentally for maybe just a glorified cameo. Yeah, That's well, literally all. The one thing I wanted to ask you too is there, there's definitely a good chance we might get a little more of a continuation from BVS with Batman's Nightmare Vision. Mm-hmm. So there's a possibility we could see more of that that so i wonder if because we saw the joker card in in that vision i wonder if we might get the joker but in nightmare world possibly which would be kind of interesting to see that would be pretty cool to see but at the same time uh again 
just a quick snippet of him. I know. It wouldn't be anything crazy. No, it wouldn't be anything crazy. But that would be cool to see, you know? Yeah. Um, and something else, too. We're kind of just talking now about all this information that came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a re- I saw on Twitter, I can't remember what the interview was. I want to say it might have been Collider, um, your favorite uh, <laughs> source for news. Oh, yeah. But um, I believe Joe Manganiello was doing an interview for one of his more like one of his latest films with the director it was collider because i believe frosty was the one who was hosting the interview okay um either it was collider or it was for for his personal channel i don't know but they were doing uh, an interview for the new move for joe manganello's new movie i forgive me i can't remember what it's called and i don't remember the director's name i apologize but uh joe manganello pretty much said at the end um that what we saw in theaters was essentially well, essentially redone, which we kind of we kind of knew, kind yeah, of yeah. figured the whole the whole end credit scene of Justice League where he's on the ship with Lex mm-hmm. was was a reshoot that right. we did, yeah. And he said that what was reshot, um, and he said one of the reasons it was reshot because what was originally shot before that um, was going to lead into the Batman. Yes. So if they are bringing back Deathstroke or they are bringing back that original like final scene or that post credit scene or whatever, that does lead into batman Mm -hmm. then does that give new hope for possibly the batman project moving forward it's definitely possible because the the thing with with joe manganell and i saw some some websites kind of mentioning that oh like you know these additional photography with deathstroke and joker it's just going to be cameos for joker it's cameo but for deathstroke it's not for deathstroke we knew a while ago that one of the big subplots that was deleted from justice league was this whole thing of deathstroke breaking lex luthor out of arkham mm-hmm. like that is a that is a sequence that's going to be in Zack snyder's justice league which is really exciting was so, that sequence shot it was shot okay so cool. whatever whatever manganel is coming back for is either just some extra pickups for it or it could be a completely new thing that like you said like maybe that, that now it involves both deathstroke and the joker we don't know we don't know what exactly it's going to be for but obviously Deathstroke is a part of Justice League, not just a cameo. Like he's in this movie, so mm-hmm. that's that's something that we can look forward to. Maybe not a big presence. Maybe but, not a big presence, but he's in the movie. But he definitely had some sort of role originally. Yes, and you know he's kind of coming back. Yeah, um, and maybe he's coming back to reshoot the post credit scene. Maybe to reshoot what was eventually going to lead into Batman. Right. Who knows? Um, but we like we were going crazy very early on with like speculations and everything. Now that we kind of have a better idea of kind of what's going on. Um, no, I'm I'm starting to temper myself. Yes, I, I definitely am because now I kind of um, like we said, now we sort of have a an idea of how much additional footage we're gonna get, mm-hmm. how much um, so how much or how big of a role these people who are coming back are going to play. Yes, uh, that massive soundstage. Yeah, maybe it wasn't for Justice League. Uh, I think it was because or, yeah, because I mean, because Zach Zach talked about um, Affleck getting back into the Batman suit. Right, you're right, you're right. So, so like a lot of these actors that came back got into their suits. So whether it's for some sort of action sequence, it could be that he had them against the green screen because maybe he needs to insert some new shots into the end action sequence. Like maybe, you know, and I also wonder if some of this additional photography, like he's saying, is only going to amount to four or five minutes. Maybe that's of new stuff because maybe he could have had to have reshot certain things that were already in the movie and he or, needs, needs to, to alter some things you know, right, here or and there. maybe just like a few seconds here and there as like connective tissue like we said right you know that just kind of help help scenes translate better you know i'm sorry al- help scenes transition better and right shit like that. and also for the fact that they are doing a mini series mm-hmm. um you know maybe give a little bit of uh you know like like cliffhangers at the end of each episode that maybe proper that maybe intros and outros before. yeah exactly yeah, exactly yeah that definitely makes sense um so yeah it's it's really cool um i'm really excited to to 
get more sort of a I guess stills because he's really he's starting to release some more. We got like a new shot of Cyborg mm-hmm. with the money box. Uh, we already got the Clapper, which we spoke about before. Um, and in regards to the trailer, oh, I'm sorry, another still was the the, the um, Steppenwolf. Yeah, still. Steppenwolf and Themyscira. All right, so so let me let me ask you about about the Steppenwolf design mm-hmm. because we were we were having a, a little bit of a of a back and forth on it in terms of like if we like it or if we don't, and I think we have differences of opinion on. On, I've been saying since day one. I know you've been saying like since day one. Yeah. So, and I saw it again. I'm like, yeah, I still don't like it. Yeah. So it's it's not like because uh, because well, why we, don't you like it? It's not that I okay. I don't get it. <laughs> okay. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. Like, to me, this looks like something out of Michael Bay's design team. That's that's what really what it looks like from Transformers. Right. Um, very CG heavy, very flashy, and I know Zack Snyder's type. Um, sort of cg style mm-hmm. it's going to be oddly saturated i really know it. it's going the compositing is going to be a little bit weird like i already know have well i don't want to say i already know but i kind of have an idea of how it's going to look in context um yeah that's just my thing i don't know why they went so over the top with like these like very flashy spikes and everything that's his vision that's what he wanted to do fine it is very much in line with um the uh, like the kind of tendrils that we've yeah, seen. Yeah, he very much looks like he's like the Zack Snyder. I guess you could say it's Zack Snyder's apocalypse. Yeah, he very much looks like he's in line with that. Yeah, uh, the mother box uh, technology is it's not as like crazy or detailed or rigid. It's kind of it's a little bit smoother. Yeah, but um, but again, it's kind of more in line with what of uh, Cyborg's Transformer looking kind mm-hmm. of thing, which we also got a new still from. Speaking yeah, and, box I, I, and Cyborg. like I'm gonna be completely honest. I really like how Cyborg is looking in Snyder's vision. I know, like you might still have some some things about the design, mm-hmm. but I think the CG looks a hell of a lot better than what it did in in the Justice version. Uh, okay, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna argue with you because I don't really have an argument because nothing's really stood out, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of like making it look better. Uh, but I do think that. Regardless of what you think of the Steppenwolf design, it like Steppenwolf design, Cyborg design, what we've seen in regards to um, any sort of organic material, whether it's Mother Box or the tendrils from Apocalypse, it all kind of fits. It all kind of has like a similarity to yes. it. Yes. So it's like you said, it's kind of more in line with Saxon's yes, Apocalypse. Yes, it, it has a continuity to it. Right. Um, the one still that we saw of Cyborg with the Mother Box, um, it, it was just a still, you know? Yeah. So and it's cool. It's like a cool picture, but again, it's just. Um, Nothing really that to me like kind of right. Well, out. The, the the thing that the thing that makes me say this because I was looking at some side by sides of that, and you compare it to some of the CG that's in the 2017 version, and it could just be how the shot is colored, you know, because like when you when you're doing CG, I think the uh, the coloring of the shot has a lot to do with how it's going to look, you know, mm-hmm. in motion and everything, and just from the the side by side stills, it, I th- I think it looks fantastic. Well, I think that's what a lot of the issues that um. Oh, what cyborg looks fantastic. Yeah, like, like think, in like in like in the, the the still. Right, because I think that's that was one of the biggest issues with um the 20, 2017 cut is that right. you had sh- um you had stuff shot a certain way and then to they look re- a certain and they way. Recolored it. Yeah, and they recolored it. And, and it looks a little, then yeah, yeah. it looks a little weird. Then you're kind of like oversaturating it, and it looks strange. But uh, but yeah, for me since day one, I have not been crazy about the cyborg look. Um, it looks like shockwave. You know, okay. I haven't been crazy about the Wolf look either. Uh, you know, that's just my personal opinion. And uh, and yeah, to quote Buddy Kev, it still looks kind of shitty, in my opinion. You know, but uh, but I am excited 
and happy for Zach to see his vision through. Right. You know. Yeah. Right. So of this uh, of this teaser that we got, um, we got a, a couple of new new shots. It's, it's for, for the most part the same exact teaser trailer, and I guess they figured out the whole copyright issue with the song. But I really do like some of the new shots that we got. Obviously, we we kept seeing this, uh, and we got this in the trailer from the 2017 version of. Um, Batfleck and he's looking at this hologram of Superman. We got a little bit more context of it. Obviously, this hologram seems to, be, seems to be coming from Cyborg, and we get a really awesome shot of the hologram Superman kind of like shooting up into the air. And, and I think it's a really it's a really cool shot to see. And then I think one of the big ones that really stood out of these editions is Cyborg watching these kids outside play football. The SpongeBob, the, the SpongeBob, which which to me is hysterical. There's so many people online put Cyborg looking at the window, and then what he's looking at is SpongeBob and Patrick running around like that shot with Squidward watching them. It was fucking hysterical to see that. But this further uh, confirms the notion that Cyborg is the heart of the movie. A lot of a lot of the emotion I think is going to come from his side of it. Obviously, trying to deal with you know who he is now as 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 a person and you know, the limitations he has now and he can't go back to his normal life. And obviously football is a massive part of Victor Stone's background. So seeing that, it just, it kind of breaks your heart seeing that, you know, and, and watching and him watching those kids play football. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, like you said, we didn't really get much. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't too crazy about the trailer. I'm like, this is the same shit. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing, same thing, same music. Um, Dude, fucking look, man, I, I, I need, I need them to stop with the foreplay and just give us something of, of substance. I need either a full trailer or I need to drop a scene. I need something. Well, that's the thing. Now we're probably not going to get anything for a little bit. I, I know. You know, that's know. what I'm saying. I think, um, and this, and this is normal. This is normal. I think as fans, it's, it's, it's okay to kind of jump the gun and speculate yeah. and get excited. But I'm starting to have a more idea of what's of what's, of what's happening, uh -huh. of what's going on, of, or what we're going to get. What is happening, Martin? Tell no, me. No, it's just it's just it's, it's that notion that like um, it is it's just Zach's vision. It's just Zach's movie. It's not going to be too different, right? You know, it's going to be pretty much um too different in terms of what? In terms of like story. Uh huh. In terms of like um, uh, pretty, yeah, pretty much that. In terms of story. Well, I was gonna say I think what we got in the 2017 version was this somewhat of the skeleton of Snyder's story that he that he told in Justice League. What we're going to get in Snyder's version, obviously, is nothing that we saw in terms of visuals and situations and you know, some scenes are going to be the same sort sort of setup, but it's gonna be completely different in terms of the context that's in those scenes. Right. But there also there's all the new elements like with Victor's dad yes. and things like that. Yes. So a lot of backstory. Right. So when you think about like um when you think about like the situations with with Victor's dad and things like that, then that kind of creates then how does that how does Victor seeing his dad die? How does that affect him moving forward from that point? Right. Something that we clearly didn't get at in, all. Cause right. Because he, he lives throughout the whole thing. Exactly. So it's like, is that no, it like, like, it's going to be a new thing in regards to just Zach's story. However, I did think that his story was going to be um, kind of fine tuned and tweaked in here, there. Yeah. But I don't think it is. I think for the most part, it's going to be, um, uh, it's going to be what he wanted to tell. Right. And I don't think it's going to be, I think if, if we had this sort of weird alternative reality power where we saw the 2017 version and then we saw this, mm -hmm. I don't think there would be too much similarities. You know, that's, that's how, how kind of how I'm. Oh no. I mean like, I, I'm, I'm still of the notion that, you know, and, and this is why it kind of, it kind of boggles my mind that anybody that says otherwise, that what we're getting with Snyder's version is, is a completely different movie. Maybe not some, maybe some of the story points are the same. I'm not talking about justice. I'm not talking about justice version. That's no, not what I'm talking about. No, well, I'm, oh, you mean like just in terms of the context of Snyder? I'm, I'm from, talking about like from when he started to what he. What I'm it is talking now. about yeah. I'm talking about like if if everything went out as planned mm -hmm. and we got 
Zack Snyder's movie, the movie that he wanted to tell. Right. If we got his movie in 2017, okay, let's say we got that. Let's say that's A. Yeah. Okay, because I know you don't like you know you don't know how to read floor plans, so we're gonna say A. Okay. So that's A, in, in a hypothetical world. Okay, hypothetical world. Okay, and now we take the Snyder cut, the HBO Max, and that's B. If we put those together, mm-hmm. I don't think there would have been crazy similar, crazy um, differences. That's, okay. That's how I see it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely think it's going to be way different than the 2017 yeah. movie for 100% sure. But I think, uh, but I was kind of starting to get under the notion that this was going to be uh, a pretty different thing. Like, I thought he was going to kind of go back and change some stuff. Well, you don't know what he's changed and what he hasn't. Like obviously with, right. the, with like I said with this additional photography only amounting to four or five minutes, mm-hmm. I, I still I still don't completely. Not that I don't believe what he's saying, but I still think the movie is going to be altered. It definitely is, obviously, than than, than what it was in. Right, but I don't think it it's going to be like a. I don't think it's going. I was starting to get under. I was starting to be under the impression that it was going to be pretty like massive changes. Oh no, I never thought that. Oh, that I, was. I, I, I never thought like he was going to completely rework massive story points and redo like sequences and things like that See, i was sort of having under i was kind of like thinking under that he was going to have this sort of power of hindsight and he's going to go back and maybe tweak some things here and there i do think it's definitely going to be different yeah i think no matter what he could still be under limitations you know like obviously yeah, like they're, they're giving him some sort of creative freedom but they're not giving him the freedom to go back and redo the movie true no it's very true like it's you like know? we said at this point i'm just seeing these extra few minutes here as just connective tissue mm-hmm. and maybe just help scenes flow better help scenes transition better right I still think though that we have to keep this in mind that you know like regardless like either A and B mm-hmm. no matter what it would it wouldn't have been the same yeah. just from like the the Superman suit alone right it wouldn't have been the same right you know? it wouldn't have been uh, something completely different so um so yeah this to me just kind of like reassure everything that kind of has come out in the past like two or three weeks has kind of just reassured me like this is just Zach um kind of seeing his vision through. And adding just a little bit more flavor, right? You know, that's kind of how uh, I see it now. How you're seeing it, yeah. Yeah, not so, not uh, not a lot of flavor, just right. Just, just some little, just, just a little, little salt bay dab, just a little, <laughs> a little salt bay dab. You know, not a whole like horse meal. I also haven't completely like watched it yet, but uh, Zack Snyder did a you know kind of Q and A breakdown of the teaser on Vero, uh, and he dropped a lot of details. And one of them is that that there's like from everything that we've seen so far from his cut that there's still a good like because i think in the 2017 version there was something like there's there's some sort of percentage of what's in there that was shot by zach that's still in that movie and like i think it was like they said something around like 30 percent, like 30 percent maybe so i think he said that there's still like three hours of stuff that we haven't seen yet Mm -hmm. you know and that includes like this this new trailer that has dropped so the fact that there's just all this stuff that we still have no idea like what else is going to be in this. And he also kind of teased that there's more to come between Batman and Superman and that there is somewhat of a larger story there than, than we've seen before. So that kind of excites me too, because one of the things that I, that I'm hoping from, from this, uh, from the Zack Snyder movie is that, is that this really helps uh, build upon some things that might have been left hanging in BVS. Mm -hmm. So I kind of hope that in in this overall kind of arc that started with Man of Steel, that we get some sort of uh, completion and like, uh, I guess, better connection between all three movies that kind of help strengthen every movie so that when you watch them in tandem, it's like, oh, we get a little bit here, we get a little bit here, and then this is the big payoff to what we've seen before it. That's that's, that's my big hope for for Justice League, I think. Right, just kind of a... Like we said, kind of, kind of like connective tissue and better kind of uh, helping everything just sort of transition and translate better. Yeah, exactly. But 
still super excited for Zack Snyder's Justice League. We still don't have a release date yet, but we are, I guess, counting the days until whenever that date is in 2021. I'm still hoping for early summer. I do too. I'm still hoping early summer. And, uh, and this, I'm fucking pissed because now we're not going to get like a new trailer anytime soon. <laughs> And we just got the same shit. I know. I was really hoping they would have they would have given us like more. Because like today. a trailer now would have been great. Yeah. It would have been like it would have been in time. Yeah. Like it would have been like a it would have been appropriate, so to speak. Right. Get a trailer now and then drop another one like in like four or five months. Right. And then that would lead up like into into the big release date. Yeah. yeah. Like maybe like three months from then. Right. You know? Right. But we don't always get what we want. I know. I know. All right. Uh, let's move into uh, this last uh, thing. And and since like the. We really, we really didn't have too many things that we wanted to talk about in terms of like a main story. So we figured we'd do a little bit of a discussion and kind of talk about uh, what our favorite movies have been this year. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, there's still a lot of stuff that we haven't seen. I think December's a really packed month with a lot of movies coming out, you know, kind of trying to get in for Oscar season. And at the end of the year, we will do a full episode on some of our favorite movies of 2020, including performances and different things like that. So we will do a full, like a full blown, like episode discussion on it, which I am excited to to definitely talk about. But for now, we'll just kind of discuss what our favorite film has been this year so far. So Martin, if you want to kick it off out of what we've seen, what, uh, what kind of has stood out to you? Uh, Backdoor Babysitters 4. Nice. Yeah, and fun fact, you don't have to watch one, two, or three to understand what's going on that's in the fourth that's, one. That's, those are the yep. best kinds of movies, man. Yep, it's a, it's a banging good time, <laughs> if, I, if I do say so myself. Um, but no, my favorite movie was uh, The Russian Alien. Sputnik. Oh, Sputnik? Sputnik. Yes. Sputnik was my favorite movie of the year. Up to that point, I think my favorite film of the year was The Vast of Night. Okay. Uh, which, when we first saw it, quickly jumped into like my top five. This is Vast of Night I'm talking about. Yeah. Quickly jumped into my top five. I saw it a couple times after we watched it, and I liked it more and more mm-hmm. since. Um, and that was kind of lingering at like the top spot for a while. And then we saw Sputnik. I really loved Sputnik. I loved everything about it. I loved the creature design. I loved the... Um, color palettes kind of cold gray color palette that we're both suckers for yep i love the score i love the actors i love the uh kind of lost in translation feel of just how uh german man not german i'm sorry russian mannerisms yes of how they address each other by their full names or how they say cosmonaut <laughs> mother russia mother russia <laughs> we don't know if that's what it's like in russia right, right. i really do not know but like it's kind of terrifying yes it the is. way they talk to each other like everyone's fucking like not scared. Everyone's and all like uptight. Yeah, and, and like, everyone's yeah. like fearless. Just like it's su- it's such a great film. I I really loved it. Um, obviously not perfect. No, definitely has, it has its flaws. Yeah, has its flaws for sure. But uh, but that's probably my favorite film of the year so far. And then behind that, I would probably put like I would put uh, Bass of Night. I'd probably put The Wolf's No Hollow. Mm-hmm. And uh, those I guess in a way are kind of like my my top three for now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for for me personally, uh, Sputnik is definitely up there. I think in terms of like the VOD type movies that we've had to watch uh, at home, obviously since theaters have been closed, uh, I think my favorite has been The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Nice. I really, I really just enjoyed everything about that movie, and the more that I think about it, the more scenes that I watch from it, the more I just kind of fall in love with it. I think it's a really great showcase for Jim Cummings as like a brand new talent between his writing, his directing, and his acting. It's it's hilarious. It's uh, it's it's heartbreaking. It's dramatic, and it's it's just all these different flavors rolled into one. And like I said, and like we were saying when we did our review for it, it's just really nice seeing legit werewolves again. Uh, yeah, because I've been saying it for fucking ever. I love the uh, good old mythology mm-hmm. creatures: vampires, werewolves, lions, bears. Oh my! You know, like um, it was definitely it. It was definitely nice to see that. And again, like the um, 
uh, it's not my favorite of the year, right. but the shot is a, it's a fantastic shot. Yes, when we yes. see it kind of stand up in front of the girls. Such right, a great right. shot. Mm-hmm. So in terms of in terms of that, that is probably uh, one of my favorites. But but I'm still struggling with this because oh, so that's not your favorite. It's it kind of is and it kind of isn't because I'm still see me like I I if if you guys if you guys want to know me I I have a problem with giving like ultimatums and like legit answers I can never tell you what my favorite movie is I feel like it changes every other day mm-hmm. so when it comes to this kind of stuff I always struggle with like you know oh what's what's my favorite what isn't there's one movie that is still on my mind and I haven't seen it again but I've Keep wanting to see it. Oh God! And you know where I'm going with this. Martin. I know where you're going. With this. You know where I'm going. With and this. for all the people who haven't, that are not watching, I just rolled my eyes so hard, so fucking hard. Yeah. But yes, Martin, it is Tenant. Whatever. It is Tenant, and I, it's the it's it's a movie that for that that just that just has me. It it has me, and I keep reading about it. I keep looking things up about it, and. I, I can't tell you if it's my favorite yet because I do want to see it again to give it more, you know, to get more of a better idea of it. But it, it's a movie that after I saw it, it has stayed with me and it continues to stay with me. And I feel like that is a credit to something. And to me, it is still, you know, obviously there's still a lot of movies we still haven't seen. And I think Mank is going to overtake it. But it's still, for me, the best directed movie of the year so far. I would probably give you that one. Um, actually, I don't know if I'll give you that one because, um, yeah, I had some issues with that film. But there is actually, now that you mentioned that, there's a lot of films that we have not seen. There's a lot we haven't seen. A lot of films that we have not seen, which is kind of uh, knowing us, we're usually on top of it. But there's like so many movies on Netflix we haven't watched. <sighs> yeah, but I mean, it's it's also the fact, too, that, that things have come out on VOD that we still have to watch, but just haven't had the chance to. I mean, obviously, we, we got to the movies to see Freaky, which was really cool to go back to the movies to see that. But... Like there's, there's still just, I think, I think the sample size is still not as big this year. I think there's still a lot of stuff that even though that we could watch on VOD, but I feel like it's stuff that it's not going to make a splash when it comes to, well, that's the thing. No, but even though like there's stuff like, no, but I'm saying like, for example, like Relic, which I've been wanting to watch forever. We haven't watched, we haven't watched Possessor. Right. We haven't watched a new Charlie Kaufman movie. Yeah. Um, you still haven't watched Mulan, which I don't think you really care to watch Mulan, Uh, but, but still like there's still, um, there's still just shit there that yes. we just had, kind of haven't gotten to. So, yeah, we're kind of, I guess, I'll be honest, we are kind of going off with small sample size in regards to films we've yeah. seen. Um, but, yeah, and, and if you don't want to see your favorite, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of with you. Uh, I would, I don't know, because, like, I always think between Fast of Night and Sputnik, but I right. guess in some, if, like, in my favorite films of the yeah. year, like, definitely Fast of Night, like they're, Sputnik. Like, they're up there. Yeah, Wolf of Snow Hollow is, right. like, definitely up there, yeah. I mean, like, for me, uh, some of the movies that we did see in theaters early on before coronavirus hit, uh, I really did enjoy Bad Boys for Life. I thought the movie was going to be absolute trash, and then we watched it, and I thought it was a really pleasant surprise. It's a really fun action movie. Yeah, I really liked it, too. Um, you know, I do, obviously, uh, we were talking about it a little bit, The Gentleman. I know you said that you're not too crazy about it, but me... Re- I liked it. But me, but you liked it. Yeah. Uh, me rewatching it again, I liked it a lot more after seeing it a second time. Uh the way back haven't had the chance to, to watch it for a third time we, we saw it we twice, watched in, it twice we saw it twice right. in Which theaters mm-hmm. but that still has one of my favorite performances of the year in Ben Affleck and then Onward which is still a fantastic Invisible it's, it's Man a fantastic movie Invisible Man which has really great stuff in it so see all these movies were firing off with what like two months it was in two months yeah, dude. So like, we saw we, all we that tell, stuff we, watch, we love movies You're what we love going but just the situations that we've been in has yeah. just kind of like, in a way, it just kind of kills the energy a little bit. Right, you know, it does. But, but then again, when you think about it, we did see a lot of stuff. Like we, you know, King of Staten Island, uh, Grey, Greyhound, Palm Springs, which is one of my favorite movies of the year. I think I think you enjoyed it as well. Uh, it's definitely up there. Uh, at the time, it was in my top five, but I think other shit has come out since then. Yes. Like I would probably, probably, I would probably put Freaky over Palm Springs. Okay. Yeah, because I actually did... Um, 
I did have a lot of issues with it, but it's kind of a similar thing with like the Wolf Snow Hollow, where the type of film that it is, like a type of satire, yeah, it almost cheats and it gives it, it gives like um, it allows itself to kind of get away with certain shit. Yes, yes. You know, but at the same time, I thought it was, but I had a blast with yeah, it. Yeah, it's and, a lot of fun. Um, and still, my favorite line of the year: hashtag vegetarian. <laughs> Fucking killed me. <laughs> Fucking killed me. All right, dude, I'm actually gonna throw a fastball at you. Sure. What is what is what is your worst movie of the year? My worst movie of the year. Yeah. What's the worst movie? You've did seen we see so Six far? Underground this year? Was we, that this we, year? We did, but technically that would have come out last year. Last year. Yeah. Um, oh, I know. The Old Guard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That would probably be I mine, hate, too. I hated that movie. Yeah. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just say it's either between Old Guard or Project Power. Uh, Project Power's up there, too. Yeah. Um, actually, no, I'm not, I wouldn't put Extraction up there because Extraction had its moments. Yeah. Um, but Extraction, it's like, it just, nah, it's, it's, it's very cliche. It's average. Yeah, it's very cliche, it's very movie, generic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely Old Guard for yeah. sure. Yeah, I, I, I would have to agree. Unfortunately, even that though- was actually um, since Six Underground. Actually, I don't even think in Six Underground I had this this feeling. But the we got to a point, like I said, when you get to that cave, yeah, where I was done. Yeah, I was like, I I want this movie to be over. Already. I feel like even even at Six Underground, I had that same feeling though. Like that was why like, when I was 100% watching it. Hundred percent for me. I'll be honest, I did not like it. But I never got to the point where I'm like, are <laughs> I we want done? Off. <laughs> yeah, like are we done? I just I just kept going like this is bad. Yeah, this yeah. is bad. <laughs> just kept recycling my mind. I'm like this is bad. Yep, yep. Yeah, but uh, but I never got to that point. But I did. I got to that point in the old garden. I got there fucking hard. Right. Like the second, I'm just like turn this shit. Like I'm done. Yeah. Like, I'm so done. Yeah. With this fucking movie. Yeah. But but you know the the thing that I will say is even though we haven't seen every single movie, I feel like there's only a handful that we've seen where we're like, yeah, no, that movie sucked. And, and, and I think it's mainly come from Netflix, unfortunately. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, we've got, we, they're all about style over substance. Yeah, so that's yeah. unfortunately what it is. Uh, we don't think Mank is going to be that way. No, I, no I'm with you. Not. I'm def. I definitely think Mank is probably going to be in my top for sure. Because yeah, right yeah. now I have like pretty much all like horror comedies. You know. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, what it feels like, right? Yeah, this is pretty much like Wolf's No Hollow, Sputnik, um, Bass of Night. Uh, what's like a, another good one that we? Would you put Onward up there? Onward, I would probably put Onward in my top 10. Yeah. I would definitely put Onward up there. I would definitely put The Way Back there. I would definitely put Invisible Man up there. Um, what else that we've seen? Mm, Palm Springs I would put up there as well. Yeah. Freaky, like I said. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like an idea of like my top 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, so yeah, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, we've, we've seen a lot of the same shit, so I would, I would also probably Actually, echo that. is The New Mutants worse than Old Guard? Oh, Cause that movie fucking sucked. <sighs> that movie did suck. I I, I actually completely forgot about the New Mutants. So right. I don't know what that says because like the old guard I remember for being bad. New Mutants I completely forgot about. So I don't know if it's I don't know what's worse. Is it worse to be remembered for being bad or is it worse to not be remembered at all? That's a good point. <laughs> that's a really great point. I have some serious guacamole burps. Um, yeah, that's irrelevant. But actually, you know what? It might be New Mutants. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. I th- keep thinking. Um, New Mutants is definitely the worst movie we saw in theaters, for sure. For sure. Um, okay, here's what it's never easy to have like um, like a dance scene in movies. Yeah, you know. Yes. The New Mutants. There was a moment in New Mutants where like, oh, like let's party, let's have fun, let's be silly. And they start dancing. <laughs> I almost walked out. <laughs> I literally almost walked out. It was just so poorly done, and it was so like staged. Um, but. The, the reason I bring that up was because I had I had a quick thought in my mind when that scene came up. I was like, "Oh god!" I was like, "Shut it down!" Yeah, shut, shut it down. Like, shut, shut it down. <laughs> like turn it off. Shut it down. But uh, but yeah, those two movies were where I had that thought. Yeah, 
Sick thoughts. Sick thoughts. So I'm actually yeah, I'll give it to New Mutants. Okay. I will give it to New Mutants. New Mutants gets that crown. All right. It gets it gets the crown of the of the worst movie of the year just because um. It's it, it's a it's a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of stuff, and then the fact that um, also because of what it could have been. Right. The, the, the old guard, the, the potential it had. Old guard as well too. You're talking about like these the premise is pretty cool. Yeah, man. Immortals yeah. that are yeah. that are living and fighting it out still like. Actually, you know how you said like um, you don't like to give ultimatums. I don't really know which one's worse now. I keep thinking about it. <laughs> you keep going back and forth. I keep going back and forth. Oh, it's tough. I'm thinking of those like awful costumes from the old guard. Yes. Like uh, you're yeah, really you're you're 17th century. Like, what, did you fucking get this at party fair? <laughs> you look like you, you look like you're on a football field. Right, right. Like you literally look like you're on a football field in a party fair costume. Like I don't buy it. Like, yeah. Shut it down. Right. Um. So yeah, I'll give them just the the low spot. We'll just um go back and forth between those two. Right. Right. Would you also put Charlie Chicago Seven up there too? In no. terms, in terms, not not in terms oh. of worse, in terms of in terms of movies in terms that you of like. good. Would it, be, would, it, would it fall in your top ten? All those movies I mentioned, I'm pretty sure those were ten. Yeah, um, it would probably just fall right outside the top ten. Yeah, because I mean, I like it for its dialogue, and I think there's some pretty good performances in there. Right, but I think the movie is um the in movie ter- does struggle in terms of rewatchability. Yeah, in terms of rewatchability, yeah. it does kind of struggle a little bit. It does lag a little bit at times. Um, like we said, the ending was very cheesy. Yeah. Very like Disney Channel original movie. Right. Um, so I think it's I think it's a well done film. Yeah. I definitely think it's a well done film, but I don't know if I would put it in my top ten. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right, Nerds Nation. So that does it for us. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening. Remember to like this video and subscribe to our YouTube page. And remember you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else where you can see that big beautiful FN logo. Martin, anything else you want to say to the nation? Nope. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, I actually really like the structure. Yeah. I like the structure a lot. So uh, hopefully people enjoy this kind of a uh, rundown that we did. Again, if you didn't, even, you couldn't even tell, then that's totally fine. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it matters. You. It matters to us. Yeah, it matters to us. Yes. Um, thank you for listening. Again, we were hoping for a 40 minute episode that never happens. Um, but thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, thank you for all the support that we said in the beginning. Definitely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, we will catch you on the next one. Bye.